thanks for listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Our podcast has tripled in growth over the last year, and we'd like to say thank you. It's because of you. We're growing. The great thing about the podcast is that we're able to cover some edgy topics and discuss them in a very real way without having to worry about advertisers. To keep it this way and to keep it growing, we're asking you, our loyal subscribers, to give. Give at least about $5 a month minimum. Become a Patreon supporter of GP3. We will shout you out and include you in upcoming monthly e-blast. And there's more to come. At least $5. That's barely, what, giving up two gallons of gas a month? Go to our podcast page and sign up click the link to support our podcast you can do it here's the show Free from GP, ran to Tommy B, broadcasting live on your frequency, giving you updates on these Georgia streets. These are voices for the people that don't get to speak. Issues, black news, the conversation's deep. Shout out to Slick, I'm Nick. going in on the beat. iPods, Androids, or your laptop. These boys swinging for the fence, saying lie. Then came a long way from being homies on the block, from Afros and Braids, and now they at the top. You want facts? This is where I get them from. GP3, RTT at Gmail. Com. Send them feedback and they'll be sure to send a response. I gotta go now. The show starts in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. GP3 Homies from the Block. And now, here's Ran and Tommy B. GP3 Homies from the Block. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back. Round 122 GP3 is in the house. Tommy B is here. Ran is in the house. Ran, how you doing, man? Doing great, man. Oh, good, good, good. We got a whole lot again, as always. Entertainment World, man, we lost uh, lost another good one, man. A- another good brother. Who's that? Christoph. Christoph St. John, man. Uh, lost him this oh, yeah, week. Yeah, and, and, yeah, um, yeah. The blackface controversy continues with an added touch. We're going to talk about that as well. Of course, uh, we're going to get our the week that was update and, and got a whole lot more. Rand, let us know about that GP3 story, man. Well, GP3 stands for Grove Park 3. Three childhood friends, classmates from the Grove Park community, the Grove Park Elementary School. Uh, my name is Rand. I grew up on South of a third member who's retired from the program, Tut. Uh, he grew up on Charlotte Place. And Tommy B., tell him, where did you grow up? North Avenue, man. North Avenue in the building. Kudos to Frank Ski, man, and the morning culture uh, over, you know, on the uh, Atlanta radio station. Um, they had a really good interview, man, this week with Will Packer. Of course, Will released his movie, uh, What Men Want, and actually did number two. Uh, the numbers are out as of this podcast. They're probably maybe a little bit lower or higher. But uh, Taraji's movie, What Men Want, debuted at number two with 19 million. Packer talked about the, um, you know, his, his graduating from an HBCU. Of course, he went to FAMU. And how that led to his success, man. They also had Stacey Abrams on, man. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to hear it. And she had some really good insight into, you know, where she's headed. And it was interesting, Rand, that um, there's some consideration for her to run on someone's ticket. So keep an ear out and an eye out for that. Tonight, man, on the Grammys, man, Alicia Keys. Now, I don't know if you're going to check that out. I This year, I really don't care. And The Walking Dead is back tonight uh, without Rick, of course. And uh, the word is that Michonne is leaving as of um, next season. So these this 
wrap up for season nine and season 10. She's only doing a few episodes and she's out. The show's pretty much jump the shark is done. All right, man. Uh, what you got on the uh, on the shout out side, man? I'm 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 excited about your Black History. I want you to go ahead and and, and well, you know, jump into you that. Know, for me, Black History is three is three three sixty five. Three sixty five. That's what I'm talking about. So, yeah. So, got a couple of birthdays today. Uh, Grace Grace Towns Hamilton, uh, renowned state legislator, uh, one of uh, one of the first African American women to uh, win election and to represent uh, people in the state legislature, and also a civil activist, was born on this day. The great Leotine Price out of Laurel, Mississippi. Uh, if if you want to hear a beautiful voice, I don't care if you're into opera or not. Uh, just listen to her. Listen to some of her old albums, and you will like you you will be blown away. Absolutely. Um, and also on on this date. Um, is uh, the great Roberta Flack's birthday. Oh, wow. I love me some Roberta Flack, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah Roberta Flack. Uh, first she time. was born on this day. Yeah. There you go. Also on this date, uh, a sad note, but also um, um, a great man died on this date, 1992, and that was Alex Haley. Wow. Absolutely, man. Uh, in 1966, Andrew Bremer was, a, was the first African-American appointed to the Fed, mm, okay. Fed Board of Governors. And on tomorrow, actually, it will be the anniversary of Nelson Mandela being released from prison in 1990. Wow. I want to give a shout out to the young actress on um, Blackish. Hmm. Yeah. Marseille Martin. She just signed a production deal with Universal and she's only 14 years old. 14. Got her movie coming out. It's another Will Packer movie. Uh, right. And you know that yeah. in the movie, uh, What Men uh, Want, uh, that, that was filmed here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Embraced it. Big time. That's it's all right. about the age. Um, yeah. Had a chance to go to the SCAD TV Fest these past couple of days and like to give some shout out. Met some phenomenal actors. Uh, I met Robin Givens. Wow. Damn. How was that? You know, I didn't know she, she lives here. Man. <laughs> Say what? She lives here. She lives in the ATL? Yes, yeah, she lives here. Wow, you're breaking up. Uh, you, you, but but I'm, I'm kind of, okay. Wow. Go ahead. Okay, well, that's exciting news, man. Do you know where? <laughs> um, <laughs> Did you get that address? <laughs> no, no. Okay. had a chance to uh, chop it up with Malcolm Jamal Warner. Oh, wow. Look at you. Uh, Does he still uh, have the beard? I saw his uh, his uh, the show that he's on. I think it's on, yeah. uh, on Fox, The Resident. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they filmed that here, too, in Atlanta. Wow. Damn, it's just amazing uh, how many shows are shot here. Because uh, the um, the resident comes on Monday night before the passage, and the passage is also shot here in the area. So, right. Wow. Um, had a chance to uh, chop it up with Morris um, um, Chestnut. Morris Chestnut too. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, in addition to that, had uh, chopped it up with uh, Tay Diggs and uh, and uh, what's the young lady named Breezy. Uh, from the TV show All American. Oh, she's hilarious. Yeah. Is that yeah. the comedian? No. She's kind of a comedian. No, she's actually a, a hip hop artist. Oh, hip hop artist. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking she about used somebody to be on, um, yeah. She used to be on Empire. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking about somebody else. Okay. Yeah. She's she's a hip hop artist from Philly. Wow. And so um, it, was, it, was a, it was a great three days. Uh, learned a lot about the industry. But one of the biggest things uh, for you young filmmakers out there uh, young actors and actresses who are trying to get started. Atlanta right now is not the casting hub. The casting hub is still in L.A. Atlanta has become more of a production hub. Mm-hmm. That's the place where they shoot 
But all the all right. the decisions are made in <laughs> L.A. and New York offices, right. though. Yeah. Right. right. But yeah. you know that's that's slowly. You know, people like Will Packer are trying to change that. Some other people, Tyler Perry, all these guys are trying to change that because there's a lot of talent walking around here. Um, happened to meet um, one of the guys that that did the uh, that used to work with Quincy Jones in developing scores um, for TV shows and stuff. Okay, wow, excellent man, good so, stuff. Look at you. What else you got? Um, that's it, man. Look at you chopping it up with Robin Givens. So let me ask you, man. Um, considering we've kind of seen Robin grow up, how how is she looking these days in person? She she looks good compared to you know I, you know well I, you know they say black don't crack, chief. Yeah, that's right. Because you go, she goes back to damn square pegs. Remember that show? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, damn. exactly. Grew up on screen. All right, man. Um, I, I had an opportunity. I I didn't chop it up like you chopped it up, but at least uh, I had an opportunity to talk to Jesse, Mister. I Can Do Bad By Myself, James. Uh, I know y'all remember that song from the 80s. This podcast, along with the um, other podcast with uh, Cool Bell, uh, are now on uh, the You Need to Know. So you can find You Need to Know. I'll give you that in just a minute. Let me play a little clip, just a quick minute from my uh, interview with uh, Jesse James. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Jesse James. How you doing, sir? Hey, man, how are you? And you, you, know. you mentioned something I didn't know about. I didn't know you grew up with Sly Stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that why you went to California? Yeah, we, or is, you know. Uh, no, we, no, I, I moved to California. He was already there. Okay. And by my mother being a church person, and we had to go to church every Sunday, and um, uh, she became friends with his family, and then we all got to know each other. He was in my first band that I had. Yes. He played guitar, but I know when you saw Sly and the Family Stone, he was playing the organ, but he actually was a guitar player first, and his brother played guitar, Freddie. That's like a little known so black history started, right <laughs> Yeah, we started a group right there in, in Vallejo at the high school, and we became very popular there. Yeah, so so hey, big thanks to um, Jesse James. Uh, you can find the podcast, You Need to Know Podcast, on, on uh, Spotify, Apple podcast uh soundcloud tune in doing a couple of uh old school black history month kind of artists and and i've got a big one man i i can't i'm not gonna spoil it but uh hopefully it'll happen uh in a couple of days um but i'll uh, i'll let you know this week bigger than cool in the gang man bigger than cool uh, bell yes yes absolutely okay cool yeah this could be this could be pretty interesting i gotta wait to see what happens so Let's go into the week that was busy, busy week, man. So let's do a quick recap. The calls for Virginia Governor Ralph Northam to step down got louder over the weekend from both Democrats and Republicans. Northam has faced an outcry after a picture in his 1984 medical school yearbook showed a man in blackface and another in a KKK hood. There was one fellow Democrat sticking with the state's top elected official. Former Virginia Congressman Jim Moran told ABC's This Week, not so fast. He has the highest motivation imaginable to ensure that his legacy is not uh, defined by a picture in his yearbook. But the head of the NAACP, Derek Johnson, says for Northam, it's too little, too late. We've had ample opportunity as lieutenant governor uh, during the Charlottesville incident and many other times prior to now to disclose that he has changed his way. Johnson also on ABC. 
Young and the Restless star Christoph St. John was found unresponsive over the weekend. The actor who played Neil on the show had been very public about his struggles after his son took his own life in 2014. TMZ is reporting that alcohol may have played a role in St. John's death. He was 52. Another day, and Virginia Governor Ralph Northam still refuses to step down over that 1984 medical school yearbook picture with one person in blackface and another in a KKK hood. First, he apologized for the photo, but then later said it wasn't him. Here's State House Speaker Kurt Cox. Become clear to us, regardless of the veracity of the photograph, the governor's lost the confidence of the people and cannot effectively govern. Now the man who would replace him and become the state's second African-American governor, Justin Fairfax, is under fire for an alleged sexual assault many years ago. There's no cooperation because that did not happen. There was no uh, no inappropriate contact whatsoever. That's Fairfax, who's also questioning the timing of the allegations, which he says was actually a consensual encounter. There's been a backlash after actor Liam Neeson admitted what he did when a loved one told him she was raped by a black man. And I did it for maybe a week, hoping some black bastard would come out of a pub and have a go at me about something, you know, so that I could kill him. The interview with Britain's The Independent. Stacey Abrams, who came close to becoming Georgia's governor, is getting high marks for her State of the Union response this week. Many political observers believe she did a good job and broke the response curse by delivering a gaff-free speech that is universally seen as one of the toughest assignments a politician can tackle. Abrams' message was a contrast to that of the president. Democrats stand ready to effectively secure our ports and borders. But we must all embrace that from agriculture to health care to entrepreneurship, America is made stronger by the presence of immigrants, not walls. Abrams also made it clear that she didn't want to see the president fail. She wanted him to tell the truth. One of baseball's greats has died. Frank Robinson was baseball's first black manager in 1975. He had been ill with bone cancer for some time in hospice care at home in Los Angeles. The Hall of Famer and all-star outfielder knew how historic his journey was. I just want all the black players, wherever they are, to know that I appreciate what they did for me to make it possible for me to play in the major leagues. Robinson also led the Baltimore Orioles to their first World Series championship. He was 83. And about that bid to keep Sears and Kmart alive by its chairman. It will happen. A judge approved the deal today. Amazon chief and Washington Post owner Jeff Bezos posted a blog Thursday saying the National Enquirer's parent company, American Media, tried to blackmail him with the threat of publishing intimate photos. Bezos and his wife announced in January that they were divorcing. The same day, the National Enquirer boasted that it would publish alleged intimate text messages between Bezos and Lauren Sanchez, the woman he was apparently dating. The owner of the National Enquirer has been a longtime ally of President Trump. That's the week that was, man. Oof. Dude. Were you, you're a baseball player, man. You were into baseball. Frank Robinson. Oh, uh, yeah, man. I remember when he, uh, when he was uh, appointed the, uh, man. Yeah, Indians, and I think it was either 74 or 75. Yeah, yeah. and um, definitely left an impact um, on, on uh, left impacted the uh, Orioles organization and, and baseball in general, man, for African-Americans. So great loss, man, Frank Robinson. Hey, man, let's, um, let's get into a couple of things, man, just a couple of uh, non-political things. I don't know if, if you ever had a chance to do any work with Christoph St. John, man, um, but, but just, just a good, 
brother, man. Uh, he had gone through some stuff, as as uh, was mentioned in the report. Um, he had lost his, his son back in 2014 and, um, you know, suicide uh, within a facility, which they sued. You know, he, he and his wife sued. And actually, um, they did receive a, a settlement for that situation. But um, I had a chance to work with the, with Christoph, man. Um, I was doing booking for a women's expo, uh, two of them, one in Atlanta, one in Dallas. And uh, he was just, just, when you talk about people who are easy to work with, man, he's one of the easiest guys or was one of the easiest guys to work with. And you know what amazed me? I, I, I didn't, uh, I, I'm not a huge soap follower. I'm, fam- I'm familiar with uh, the characters just because the people around me might watch a lot. But I didn't realize how rabid the fans are when these guys go out. I mean, I'm talking about in a in a huge uh, conference center, women were lined up around the building to see him. And um, he, he, he just stayed there, uh, dealt with every fan, uh, signed autographs, no drama, just just a true professional, man. Um, I had a chance to um, I watched the um, his last episode, taped it. Uh, Young and the Restless, and and also saw uh, Young and the Restless did a tribute on Friday, and I was I didn't think it was long enough, uh, but I guess you know because they tape those things two weeks, a couple of weeks in advance, you know they had to go ahead and squeeze it in where they could, so they played it toward the end. But um, rest in peace, man. Just you know a, a loss to that industry, whether you know and and um, you know soap industry is still going relatively strong. Good guy. And I uh, just hate to see that happen to a brother who's 52, man, just way too soon. Anything anything else on, on Christoph? I agree with you, man. He was a very talented actor, man. I mean, I never heard a, a disparaging word about him from other actors or anybody in the, in the profession, man. So, you know, uh, condolences out to, he, to his family, man. Um, again, like you said, it was a great loss. Great loss. This Liam Neeson thing, uh, I don't know if you heard Michelle Rodriguez uh, Michelle, you know, from the Fast and Furious franchise, Girl Fight. I don't know if you saw. Did you see that comment she made about, uh, you know, uh, the quote that Liam, Liam um, is, is definitely no, not a racist? I don't do a lot of listening to these, some of these quotes, man. But. <laughs> but but basically, you know, the way I look at it is she, she obviously, you know, hell, if you've seen Roots, you know that a racist will will kiss a black woman or do whatever to a black woman any day. But basically her quote was, uh, Liam Neeson can't be a racist because of how he kisses. And the quote is, dude, have you watched Widows, which is the movie that came out at the end of last year? His tongue was so far down Viola Davis's throat, unquote. <laughs> anyway, man, uh, you know, this whole Liam Neeson thing, and, and it has, it's already started to impact his, his, uh, his movies. Um, Cold Pursuit uh, came out this weekend. It was third, but it, it only did about 10 million and it'll wind up being the lowest uh, Liam Neeson film in terms of in terms of uh, how it does at the box office. Only 10 million uh, debut. Uh, Super Bowl, man. I, I don't know if you had a chance to, to see it. Um, I, I, I checked out some of it and, and definitely wanted to see what was going on at halftime and wasted my time. The uh, telecast only did about 98.2 million down from 5 million the previous year. And it's the, the lowest since 2008. Basically, man, you know, the big game, the, the Super Bowl has always been since uh, 2010 above 100 million. So this is one of the first times it, it's been under 100 million. And, and I'm not surprised, man. A lot of folks just are tired of watching the Patriots. 
And, and, and just like I talked about before um, on the last podcast, they, um, you know, ultimately L.A. is not really a, a, a football town. Plus, you know, one thing I didn't think about, Rand, um, and, and a guy, one of the guys at USA Today brought this up, that people are still in St. Louis. They're still kind of pissed off about the Rams leaving uh, St. Louis to go back to L.A. I didn't think about that because um, it's interesting because the ratings in L.A., were the lowest historically for a Super Bowl and St. Louis, same thing, lowest. So, you know, so, so much. I think the, um, I do think the Kaepernick issues have an, a, a, a major impact on it as well. So we'll, we'll see how they want, how, how they figure this out. Uh, do you think if they bought Cap back, it would make a, make a difference? I don't know, man. I, I think, because um, um, you still got the owners. They can bring Cap back all they want to. The owners still have a slave master's mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, too, uh, when you look at football, people get burnt out. I don't know. There's so much pro football on TV now. Uh, there's only so much you can digest. Yeah. Um, and also, too, I mean, you know, you got the controversy of the game before that, uh, with the Rams getting in on that on that infamous no call. Oh, yeah. I think that that had a lot right there. I think that turned people off. I mean, you know, people have always had conspiracy theories about the the, the major sports leagues where they were fixed, anything like that. And then by having a game like that, you know, you're like, whoa, is it is it fixed? I mean, how could you miss that that call right there? Because um, there's a rule in NFL. Once the ball is in the air, everyone's eyes, the the officials eyes all go toward the ball. Mm -hmm. So the fact is that if, the, if that was true and no one made the call, they had to see it. Says something. Mm-hmm. Says something bad right there. So, you know, and I can tell you just by living here in Atlanta, this is our third Super Bowl. This was the most non-eventful environment that I have been around since 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 I moved back here in yeah. terms of Super Bowls. Yeah. You mean non-eventful? I mean, I didn't even realize of, that yeah. the Super Bowl was in town until I was over. I drove over that side of the, I drove near the stadium because I had to do some work over there. Yeah, they kept but, it contained. They kept it really contained to a certain area. And uh, with the exception of, I think they did some stuff in um, in Marietta. They kept it pretty contained to the, uh, uh, what is it, Mercedes-Benz area, stadium area. Right, right. Normally you hear about a lot of things happening, but I didn't I didn't get the sense. I mean, you would have known, it could have been any other, any other Sunday for me. Wow. Um, so, but yeah, man, uh, I'm not, Hey, Hey, they're the most, they're the richest organization, sports organization in the world, man. So, you know, I, I'm not shading any tears for them. No, not at all. But, but let me ask you, you mentioned something, you said, uh, slave owner mentality. Do you think, what do you, what do you think about the NBA? How does it compare or in or, or, or either, or, or the, um, uh, major league baseball? Well, baseball is a totally fucked up. Ogre. That, that, that is so fucked up. You, <laughs> <laughs> and the commissioner there really has no power. Yeah. Um, basketball, one of the things I can say about basketball, they are much more tolerant mm-hmm. um, of, of the activism. The NBA players and their unions, uh, along with the player, along with the owners, they have been in more of a partnership than the NFL. Now, it's not perfect at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they realize one thing is, you know, 80, 80% of their product is African-American. Yeah. Well, 70 percent of so, the NFL is African-American. Yeah. But I will say so, this, man, you know, but go ahead. No, go ahead and finish. And I'll, I'll, I mean, so and, and, and also too, the, the NBA, the players have more leverage with their contracts okay. than the NFL. OK. Because uh, remember, in the NFL, none of the contracts are guaranteed. Yeah. 
And so that's why people don't understand when these guys are holding out, they're holding out for their upfront guaranteed money because players do not play to the end of their contracts in the NFL. We get, they get cut or traded. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting, man, because, you know, the new Spring League is about to come out. Uh, oh, it started yesterday. Yeah, debuted on NBC, I think. Uh, I think CBS. They got a couple. Yeah, CBS. Um, CBS. Dick, one of the Dick Ebersol's kid is running the thing, and so mm-hmm. by having a, your father named Dick Ebersol, um, you're able to get some contracts. So it's mm-hmm. going to be interesting because next year they're going to be in, in competition with Vince McMahon's revised XFL. Yeah, that's coming back. So you're going to have football everywhere. So it's going to be interesting how that how that has an impact on. Uh, I mean, I, I, well, I, you know, I, don't, I don't I don't see Vince McMahon's league doing anything with Kaepernick at all. Um, you know, oh, so no, no, I mean, that's no, Trump's no. league pretty much. Um, well, this new league, they're trying to position themselves as to be the G League for the NFL. Yeah. Hmm. OK. That's see, that what makes, they're, they're, they're that's pra- what practice squad players. They're yeah. trying to be the player. That can get some playing time. That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. But but I'm, I'm looking at the um, the XFL is really going to try to compete. And, you know, this whole it's just going to be interesting, man. This whole thing has really uh, put a damper on the sport. Um, Hopefully, um, you know, there's something there's some kind of resolution. But but no, I I don't see both sides being happy. The activists or the the people who disagree with the activism uh, or the owners or the league. It's one somebody's going to lose. Somebody's going to lose in this. You know, I don't see I don't see everybody coming out happy. Uh, Twenty one Savage, man, just real quick. Um, have you been following this at all? The uh, ICE detention. Uh, uh, all I heard is I think he overstayed his uh, his visa or something like that, and yeah. he got to change. Yeah, he he was born uh, in London, came to the U.S. Uh, I think at age seven uh, in Atlanta. Um, grew up in the Atlanta area. Uh, a lot of people have been asking whether or not he gets to keep his money. And, and one of the things, at least we can confirm, uh, BET.com did a quick story on this that talks about the fact that he will get to keep his assets, all the money he earned in the U.S., uh, which is millions, you know, based on the money he made as an artist. Um, now, if the money had and, and the money he made was legal, the legal money he made. Now, ICE could have taken any profits that may have been illegal but this is not the case. So he gets to keep his money, his multi-million dollar fortune, uh, where, wherever he lands. Um, but one of the things that I think this this is going to shed light on, where we talk about Hispanic immigrants, um, black immigrant immigration and ICE is not always does not always get the attention, the spotlight, or the fairness. So it's going to be interesting, uh, you know, what comes out of this for black immigration. Uh, when we talk about, um, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, people who outstay their visas who are from Africa um, or Caribbean or, you know, wherever, um, you know, people, you know, black, black you know, black diaspora uh, versus Hispanic. So it's just going to be interesting because you don't hear that much. Do you hear when, when you hear when you think ICE immediately? I think a lot of people talk about. You know, Honduras, Mexican, you know, Latino. Oh, yeah. They're Hispanic. talking about Latin Americans. That's, I mean, that's the narrative that they created. Yeah. But you're right, though. They don't talk about the, um, uh, they don't talk about the people from Asia, the no. Indians. They don't talk about the, the people from Vietnam, Korea, et cetera. Yeah. The Africans, like you said, um, the Caribbean. Um, so this it, is, 
this is going to be a test case. Yes, it is. It's going to be interesting. So we'll, we'll see. We'll follow that. Um, Virginia, man. And, and it is Virginia is for racist. Just like just like you said, it just keeps going on. Um, and, and recently, of course, um, the lieutenant governor is getting more heat than the blackface guys. Um, and, and this is interesting that um, recently, I mean, of course, uh, Vanessa Tyson had come out um, a few days ago. Now you've got a second allegation. Um, what are your thoughts on this, man? Um, we kind of talked briefly about it before the show. What, what are your thoughts? Well, I think there's a big difference between the blackface, which is, a, as, a, as, a, as I mentioned earlier, that's a moral issue mm-hmm. versus a sexual assault, which is a criminal issue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, it's amazing that you're talking about the top three men, uh, dumb, dumber, and dumbest, <laughs> are, yeah. are all right now are under scrutiny for their past. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, though, uh, um, Fairfax is the one that has probably the most serious charges against him. Yeah. Which will which will probably I hate to say this will ease the pain of the of the hurt of what those other guys did, because mm-hmm. now the focus is on these sexual assault charges. Mm-hmm. And now you have two women to come forward. with sexual assault charges um, does not look good for him. And right now, um, uh, the, the second woman, I think her name is Meredith Watson. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said that. um she was raped by a Duke basketball player, uh, I think 1999, 1998, 1999 season. Now, was she, was reported, she also raped by Fairfax? Am I correct? Right, right. Okay. She was raped by Fairfax. First, she was raped by this Duke basketball player. Wow. Which she told Fairfax about it. Mm. Okay. Fairfax, um, based on what I've read, was like being a friend and somehow it led to a sexual assault, according to her. Mm. And so now Duke University is saying like, hey, we, particularly the basketball coach, which I have a hard time believing him. Uh, he says, I didn't know anything about this. We, we're going to look into this. That's coach it's very Ray. hard for me to believe that um, yeah. because these guys know everything about their programs. Yeah, that's Coach um, K who's been there forever, you know. Right, he, he right. So, everything. you know, I'm not going to give him a pass because yeah. uh, I know a lot of people going to say, well, that's Coach K. You know, he's a legendary coach. Well, um, this is has nothing to do with basketball. This is about your players mm-hmm. and the university and uh, the way the university treated the young woman. She said she went to the Dean, the Dean basically, uh, I hate to say it, uh, told her, you know, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I know when I was in college, uh, I know a young lady um, got raped and she went through the same type of experience mm-hmm. back in the eighties. So this does not surprise me. Um, I think Fairfax should probably resign because mm. um, he needs to straighten this out. Yeah. This is, this is beyond being a political leader right here. This is trying to restore your name or your innocence, if you are innocent. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and again, what surprises me with these three gentlemen, how none of this stuff came up during the election. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Well, you've I mean, got, you got three. Yeah, and then, then the last guy was saying, well, you know, I, I put on some dark makeup and I want to be Curtis Blow. I'm like, dude, um, Mark, Mark Herring, yeah, you, the you're attorney try, general. Yeah, you're trying yeah. to beat people to the punch. Blackface is blackface. Yeah. Hmm. Well, the interesting thing is if all three of them go, it goes to a Republican, which uh, the Speaker of the House is uh, Kirk Cox. Uh, 
Um, so if all three wind up having to resign, the Republicans will be back in power, which, um, you know, now I hear um, that they're attempting to bring Douglas Wilder, former governor, back in play. And and I, I just don't see the uh, I don't I don't see how is how is Douglas Wilder about 85 oh, years old? Yeah, he has to be over 80. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. And the sad thing about Virginia is uh, if you look at the state, Northern Virginia is Democrat. Mm-hmm. And three fourths of the state is Republican, so it's a purple state. Yeah, and this right here is just um, a, a disaster. Yeah, a I total agree. disaster. I agree. I agree. Keep y'all posted on that. The Bezos blackmail, man. Uh, how big can your balls be when you want to blackmail the richest man in the world? You know. So remember this guy <laughs> I, I'll, at, at National Enquirer. Yep, David it's Trump's Tucker. buddy. Yeah, and and Trump has a hard on against Bezos. Yeah, because Bezos on Washington Post, he has a hard on against him. Well, according and what this you know, guy needs, yeah, yeah. he needs to remember yeah. something called Gawker. What happened to them? Yeah, yep, yep. Gawker got shut down by uh, Hulk Hogan. Was it? Yep, Hulk Hogan. Right, and and yeah. Bezos has enough money where the legal fees is nothing but a comma to him. Oh. The well, rounding error. The interesting thing, Rand, is that when he found out that they had the photos, he put money into people to investigate on his own. The people who actually, when he found out people had the text messages, the photos, he hired investigators to investigate them. So he had as much information on them or more than they had. So they didn't even know anything about it. It caught them off guard. When when he released this, he took it to um, to Medium. He didn't take it to the Post. He took it to the Medium.com, I think. And, and basically, uh, you know, he, he spilled the beans. He said, look, this is what, you know, rolled everything out, you know, explained what the pictures were. You know, he basically said, and, and, and printed the emails. So, well, see, the thing is, there's a big issue between extortion and news mm-hmm. if he's if they said hey jeff uh you pay me a million dollars i'll make these pictures go away if not i'll make your i'll make your life miserable yeah okay that's extortion. they can get away with that they but, can get no that they can but legally email, they can get away with that in email but if they said yeah if they said um if you don't pay me i'm gonna kill your dog hmm. then that becomes extortion well, it's going to be interesting because there are people who are looking at it based on the emails, the official emails from AMI as extortion because they mentioned something about him having to do something with the with the uh, Washington Post, you know. So I'm hearing extortion. I'm, I mean, there it, it is coming back. I, I agree with you. There is, you know, um, because he's a public figure, maybe. As a possibility, um, but but I'm I'm still hearing uh, extortion being thrown around. So it, it's going to be interesting. I I, I I agree on one part on one part that uh, you know that's that's their mo. That's the way uh, the inquire has always operated with people. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was funny. I was watching uh, Morning Joe, and they were talking about the fact that that's what they did to them with uh, Joe and what's his wife's name, Mika. Um, mm-hmm. they did the same thing to them about a story. So most of the celebrities who have gone through it, who have been on that front page of the Inquirer, 
they get that, but this is they're saying this might be a little bit different. It might go deeper. The other oh, thing is just, it goes into the Saudi. Um, it all they feel like it also ties into um, the murder of the um, the, the uh, Saudi journalist, um, and that's that's the other reason why uh, there's still uh, implications of this being extortion because. Basically, they were saying, we need you to stop being so hard on the amendment. Well, this is what Bezos feels. And I'm not sure if this is in the email because I've not read all the emails. But at least, you know, what what Bezos is is basically his conclusion is that because the post was so hard on the administration about the Saudis, which a lot of that Saudi money goes to the inquirer, they were telling him they wanted them to pull back. He wanted, or the inquirer. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! The, the, the president, the, the, the president is behind this, man. Well, see, that's if if it, it if it's proven, it, it could it, almost be as big or bigger than this whole um, collusion deal, which would be interesting. If if it if it's proven that he is part of it, there's no proof. There's no proof. We'll, we'll see. All right. Anything else on that, man? No. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Klobuchar, man, do you care that she's announcing today? Not, not, not really, man. Not really. <laughs> not really. Man. And you know what, man? This I mean, is, you know, yeah, go they, ahead. You know, what a lot of these guys are doing right now, a lot of these guys are, uh, are jockeying for a VP role, cabinet role. Um, this is just about brand awareness right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's what these guys do. I mean, she knows she doesn't have a shot, man. Come on, man. But she you know what? what's crazy about this, Rand? I was watching MSNBC this morning because I, I, I saw she was going to announce on, my, on early in the week. And it's like 16 in Minneapolis, right? And they got the stage outside. <laughs> and it's snowing. I, uh, hey, they, 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 they used to it, man. Why would you do that? I mean, is, is that just to be authentic or <laughs> crazy? Yeah, man? yeah. Why, yeah. Would, why would you? Yeah. Anyway, good. Yeah, I'm not even going to say good luck. I I got my can. Well, I don't. I don't have my candidate. I'm just watching. I'm just watching the game play. Um, you know, so far you got Cory Booker among Klobuchar, who's announced from Minnesota. And I hear she's she's kind of tough, but but you know, uh, I'm, women don't like that being said about women. You know, in in, in 2019, um, her staff says that. Uh, but Cory Booker, um, the mayor, former mayor or the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, said he's running. Who, who um, Julian Castro, uh, Julian Castro, uh, John Delaney, um, Gabbard from Hawaii, uh, Gillibrand, Harris. Um, it's rolling. I mean, it. Um, those, uh, of course, Warren and Marion Williamson are all the Democratic uh, candidates or potentials. We'll see how that goes. You know, damn. Would you think? I, I had no. I, I. I. I just couldn't imagine this many people. Be, uh, announcing this early. Uh, it's going to be a zoo. And it, as you can see, I got a graphic, man. They're still talking about the possibility of, um, well, who was the uh, DA? Um, what's his name under uh, Obama? Talking about Eric Holder? Eric Holder is thinking about it as a possibility. Yeah, he's been, he's been teasing this for a while. So even, what's his name? Uh, John Kerry is thinking about it. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> Not to Please. mention Biden and from New York, um, Bloom, Bloom, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bloomberg. Bloomberg. Yeah. So, so many to go. And we didn't even, we didn't even mention Beto. 
Damn. Okay, there we go. Uh, Fairfightaction.com, man. Um, uh, Stacey Abrams mentioned this, and, and I know you talk a lot about voting, but um, if y'all really care about voting rights, I'm going to make sure that this is on our uh, podcast page. Uh, it's fairfightaction.com. And, um, you know, I think I think what Stacey Abrams is attempting to do uh, nationwide um, is, is a smart thing to do, um, you know, especially with Georgia and the issue that we're having with the voting machines, because you know what they're doing in Georgia, Rand? What's that? They are bringing back the same company that made the first voting machines. They're attempting to use the same company. Can you believe that? After the first set of voting machines were hacked, they're bringing back the same company, allegedly. And, and a lot of people feel it's a political favor to that company. Um, but why would you bring the same company back who basically got hacked? And um, it's just, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff's going on, man, that uh, that shouldn't go on. And I hope that uh, her website brings light to that. So it's fairfightaction.com. I'll make sure we post it. OK. Government That's shutdown. Yeah, I just want y'all to know, man, we'll make sure we have that available for you. Government shutdown real quick. According to Pelosi, there will be another. There will not be another shutdown. She's putting it out there. Um, I, I, it could possibly, if anything, we tape the podcast prior to the this podcast is taped prior to the 15th. Um, what, do you, what do you think the chances are? I have no idea, man. Yeah. I mean, you keep hearing about uh, uh, an emergency, you know, that might be the way so that therefore it won't be a shutdown. I, yeah. I don't know, man. I've heard uh, some of the many of the Republicans don't have the stomach. So yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means they're going to cave in. I, I, I truly don't know well, what they're saying. I guess what is it? the too hot for Republican uh, congressional leaders is, is what Pelosi's saying. She said that the issue is too hot. They don't want to touch it. So they're really pushing uh, 45 not to go in that direction. Um, unfortunately, I think I think we're going to go. We're going to see it again. I don't think it'll be as long. Um, it'll be resolved uh, sooner. But unfortunately, I, I hate to see it happen, man, because so many innocent people have to deal with, um, um, you know, the the, the lack of, of funds during that whole period. Uh, I, I don't want to see this happen. Uh, you know, nobody does. And, and I just hope these guys come to their senses before um, before something crazy happens. So we'll see. White House, man. Um, of course, I mean, we talked about State of the uh, Union, uh, but but overall, what was your overall takeaway? I, I Now, here's what I did. The only reason I watched it was to just get to Abrams so that I could understand her perspective because I didn't want to watch. I mean, I, I guess if I'm the only one that watched between you and me, I took it for the team because <laughs> I didn't want to watch it. Did you watch it? <laughs> I watched I watched some of it, man. And it was, uh, you know, it was uh, it, I thought it was it was just constant using using people as 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 uh, political puppets. Yeah. Um, you know, and that was and he lied during the um, he, he lied so many times during the State of the Union. I mean, I think there was one. I read on NPR uh, that was about a, an African American man who had been released from prison. Yeah, and and they were saying that the, the lie was that you know Trump said because of something he did. Well, the guy was in a program that Obama had started mm -hmm. um, uh, before Trump even got into office. 
Wow. Uh, so that was a that was a misspeak. I, I I just didn't like the way he kept utilizing these people as as, as just pure pawns and puppets. Yeah, because um, he, and, he was and I didn't get a sense of together, where you're trying yeah. to take the country. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I I, I think that that uh, that sums it up. I mean, where are you taking the country? Because the whole goal of the speech, from what we'd heard before, which um, I didn't believe it. I mean, I didn't even expect it was that he was trying to bring the country together. I'm like, you bring the country. <laughs> how you going? Well, you me, know, <laughs> how you going to bring, the you country? know, he did, you know, uh, as they said, he'll make a speech. And then three hours later, the, the tweet barrage will come out yeah. and everything. That he, Absolutely. You know, so uh, I mean, he's, he's a guy, you know, he has no credibility w- w- whatsoever. You know, I, I, you know, he was he was teleprompter Trump. And and you could tell it looked like he was reading it for the first time because it's like when he's re- and he's saying is he's like agreeing like yeah I really like that line right yeah now. Uh, yeah, yeah that's it yeah I mean I mean it's uh, this is this is the ultimate example of why you need affirmative action yeah I agree he has no credibility with uh, with anybody well I'm sorry with his base but with um, you know the majority of the American people I mean you know I think I mean well I know. His, there's such a credibility gap. So it's, it's hard to watch a speech like that when you don't trust the guy, when everything else he said is are lies. Uh, and, and speaking of lies, um, of course, you know, the Dems are trying to get his taxes. Um, there was a, um, during the um, House Ways and Means Committee kickoff, they bought in um, a tax expert. And basically the expert was saying, that there's been some aggressive tax planning on 45's part uh, that could actually eliminate his taxes for a couple of decades by claiming by claiming millions of business related losses. So when you do get his taxes, <laughs> you know, you, there's going to be a 10 year gap. They're gonna, there's going to be a huge gap. And uh, by the way, the guy who said that was, was Stephen Rosenthal. He's a tax expert. Um it's interesting, man. And and then you look at the fact that all these people who are now doing their taxes, talking about millions of people, are looking at their taxes. They were expecting to get money back, and they wind up they're winding up owing. Did you know that? Yeah. And you know how that? You know why, right? Tell us, man. <laughs> you know, you know, basically, you know, you know how people were why he he was saying. Look at your check. You're getting more money back. Remember that conversation? Well, basically, you know, like the more money you get back, you have to wind up paying on it. So basically, all those people who got that money in the short term wound up paying for it down the line. So it was more like a loan, you know? Yes. It's like when you win a settlement. Yeah. How they classify that settlement determines the tax implications because mm-hmm. I remember I had friends that were part of a big corporate settlement they got these nice big checks yeah but but when it came to tax time they literally had to give the entire check back yeah well let, let me let, and, I'll, and I'll this is this is what the story said because a lot of people a couple of people I know are dealing with this so whether you get a refund or owe extra to the IRS at filing time is a function not just of your total taxes owed but also how much tax is withheld from your paycheck by your employer on paydays. And the big story here is that as a result of the new tax law, 
the Treasury Department went and tweaked things so that on average, taxpayers' withholdings fell by more than their actual taxes owed. So it's, you know, a lot of people are pissed off. I mean, you go on Twitter, it's like the Twitter barrage of people who are are looking at their tax and saying, wait a minute. But will they remember this in 2020? Uh, Shit. I mean, taxes, dude. When you mess with, uh, we'll see. We'll see. And and of course, by the way, um, shout out to Daniel Hale, uh, Washington Bureau of the Toronto Star. He did his fact checking. Uh, this week, this week alone, uh, 45 made 86 false claims, uh, 20 to the New York Times. So there you go. <laughs> That's what we're dealing with. Hey, man, uh, my assignment, I'll make sure I post this, man. This is this is really interesting. This was on Politico. Um, you know, the, the big thing now is with uh, these Senate hearings is that you're hearing the Republicans, you're hearing 45 talk about the fact that Obama was never investigated. And he's wrong. Um, and, and and Politico, you know how Politico has the fact check meter? Uh, and it, it, and it's wrong, basically. They're saying he's wrong. Because if you remember, you remember this, Rand. Obama was um, investigated for loans. Remember the solar company, Solyndra issue? They were in, He was investigated. Um, remember the uh, political bias alleged um, they were alleging that political bias was happening at the Internal Revenue Service. Remember that. And uh, Benghazi, that was massive in a big investigation in 2012. Remember the gun walking program, Fast and Furious. Remember that whole issue investigation and um, the Affordable Care Act. Um, remember that website issue? That got investigated. So when I mean, when you look at when you, other than Benghazi and, and the website one, the other ones were relatively minor. Yeah, yeah. None of the none of the none of them are at the magnitude and scale of what Trump is about to face. Well, what they're saying basically is the Obama investigations had nothing to do with his personal or financial life, whereas with with forty five. It's all about personal finances and, and, and not have and lack of transparency. So it's totally different. And I'll, I'll make sure I, I post this, man. But but, you know, when people when, when you hear that, you know, when you hear them say that crap, you got to understand that, you know, it's all a smokescreen, you know, and, and you'll hear 45. That's going to be in his talking points, quote unquote, the Dems and their committees are going nuts. The Republicans never did this to President Obama. He's lying. Just make sure you understand that. Oh, man, they still talking about Benghazi, man. I mean, yes. Trey Gowdy, quite honestly, uh, destroyed his career. Yes, he did. He did. Um, just a couple of other things, man. Um, and I'll call this extra credit, man. This is on 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 Shudder. And you can get a seven-day trial on Shudder. And, and you know, watch, watch Horror Noir. Uh, it's the history of black horror. And, Rand, even if you're not into horror, this thing is fascinating. Um, It really it talks about from birth of a nation all the way up to um, Peel uh, to Jordan Peel's get out. But but it is really amazing because not only it's not just chronicling and talking about the movies that blacks were in. It talks about what was going on within our culture, 
through the decades that caused like, you know, in terms of how blacks were shown in the movies and why it, it really gives a lot of background. I mean, I, I, I got to really I mean, you know, Richard Lawson, who is married to uh, Beyonce's mama. Um, yeah, I've met him a couple of times. Yep. Yeah, he is in. Um, nice guy. Yep. Scream. Blackula Scream. He was he's in it. Uh, Tony Todd from Candyman. Jordan Peele, of course. Rachel True from The Craft. Uh, Loretta Devine. Miguel Nunez. Paula J. Parker. Keith David. Uh, Ernest Dickerson, director. And uh, Tina Mowbray. It's just a really, really good. Um, just, you know, not not just take the horror out of it, which I'm not. I love I'm a horror fan. But just culturally, it's it's amazing. And, and I, I got to say job well done to the folks behind that. The other massive thing, man, that will damn near bring tears to your eyes, man, is have you seen the two killings of Sam Cooke? No, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, dude. Um, you know, of course, man. And, and young people, um, you know, before there was Luther. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know who Luther is, man. I know it. I forgot. I mean, <laughs> damn. They don't realize Luther was Brown? the soundtrack that conceived him. But they don't know who Luther is. Before there was Chris Brown, <laughs> Usher. You know, there was Sam Cooke, man. And and and, and this is just um, no. Nah, before that was like John B and Babyface, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this is amazing, man. It is um, the, the series is remastered, and and uh, it talks about. You know, Sam Cooke was connected to Muhammad Ali. They were great friends. Malcolm X, Jim Brown, how he was a businessman, label owner, publisher, writer. But also, man, he was a big he was big on social justice. Um, uh, And it points to the fact that his social justice awareness, his independence and his his push to really own his own label really could have led to his death. And they, it's interesting because uh, the documentary really implicates the record companies and the FBI and the mob, which um, pretty interesting. They bring out, you know, some of the things that, you know, of course, J. Edgar Hoover back then had taps on everybody. Definitely on if you were if you were hanging around Muhammad Ali, he knew about you. If you were hanging around Malcolm X or Jim Brown, you know, he had something on you. So it's just, you know, it'll bring tears to your eyes, man, but it'll also give you a lot of insight into how big Sam Cooke was. And I'm, I'm, I'm really, because honestly, uh, even even our generation, I don't think we know. I don't, do you think our generation, you and I, our generation, we're, we're, we're kind of edge, edge boom. Well, yeah, you know, Sam Cooke was, was killed, man, before, what was he built, 63, 64? Yep. Right before. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he was killed. I wasn't even one years old. Yeah. So this is something I think that's needed. um, And and I hope more people see it than just the people who knew his music then. New generations need to see it. And and the way it's done, it's done so well. I think it will be in the fact that it's on Netflix. Uh, Kudos to Netflix for for doing something like this. It's really uh, well done. It is very, I mean, Quincy Jones is in it. Um, Dionne Warwick. Um, it, it really is well done. So I, I, I definitely recommend you guys check it out. You know, if you can't watch it in one sitting, it's only maybe a little bit over an hour, but it's worth the watch. Definitely worth the watch. Yeah. Anything else on that? I'm going to move on. No, man. Cool. All right, man, what you got? Um, 
you know, as we're sitting here talking about what's happening in um, Virginia and all this other stuff, um, Trump just moved forward another 44 judicial nominees, man. Mm. Okay. So let's, uh, I want people to understand, let's, let's stop looking at all the, all the hysterics and all the, the, the as you would say, the trickery and the, and the, um, and the deception. To date, he has he has gotten thirty circuit judges through, fifty three district judges, and two Supreme Court justices all confirmed. Wow! So this past Thursday, they move forward another forty four. Damn! And so they have records of these people of attacking LGBTQ rights, abortion rights, and voting rights. Hmm. So this is why elections count, because then these people have lifetime appointments, and and a lot of these people are young. They're under right. 50. Right. These people are going to be impacting generations. Yes. They're going to be, uh, they're going to be really impacting your grandkids, grandkids. Mm-hmm. Big time. Right. So, you know, so that's the thing that, that, that really um, has me going. That's why Stacey Abrams, um, what she's trying to do is so important. I agree. It's so important. Brand, Brand, let me let me ask you, man. Um, and and I I have a problem with celebrities who don't vote. I do. Because oh, I have a, I, I have no tolerance for them. And that's one. Of if the you were not in the judicial system, yeah. they did not take your voting rights away from you. Mm-hmm. To me, you have no excuse. Yeah, and and there there's several who concern me that um, I don't know that are pretty high profile who come out and basically they're very vocal about the fact that their vote doesn't count. And I think that's problematic when I hear it from people well, think, who are influenced. I think as, big uh, as fans, they should understand that our dollar doesn't count toward their, toward their success. But you know what? As, as, as quiet as it's kept, I mean, cap doesn't vote. And that's the problem. That's one of the, that's really, I don't have a problem with, with, the, the the movement at all. The problem I have is he does not vote. And and nor does I, I definitely have an issue with that too. And nor does uh Kendrick Lamar. Uh there there are a few who will they, they, they actually take a stand against voting. And and what you've just said you people don't understand. I hope I hope people understand the magnitude of what you just said. In terms of the judges, that whole system, the criminal they justice system. Once you get in that criminal system, mm. these people are against you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And you have an opportunity at the local, the state, and the national level to make a change. Yes, you do. Yes, so that you do. when you or one of your family members or dear friends is confronted or placed in the judicial system, at least there's a judge who's fair and impartial, yeah. who's not biased against you. Yeah. You know, and, and you mentioned that. It's interesting. Um, I, I, you know, I, I go through my tapings. I watched the uh, the view this week and uh, Jesse Jackson Jr. was on the view with his mom. And, you know, he's out. He's released. And she has a book, basically all the letters that she sent him while he was in jail. And um the interesting thing that they were talking about is the fact that his mother wrote a letter and read it to the judge 
prior to uh, the sentencing and, and you know, the fact that um, it made a difference, you know, um, you know, in terms of because, uh, you know, the, what was it where they were able to switch out the amount of time uh, so that they could take yeah, care of their kids. Yeah, they were able to stagger their sentences. So one could one would be incarcerated, the other one would watch the kids, the family. Do you think this would have happened under uh, a Trump appointed <laughs> judge, a hardliner? No, I don't think so. Uh, no, your kids would probably be in the uh, foster care system. Yes. So, you know, we need to think about this, man. And, and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, that's, you know, it's a smokescreen. A lot of the um, shenanigans, the uh, reality show stuff that happens, um, you know, it, all this other stuff happening behind the scenes is critical. And and it'll be lasting when he's gone. Yeah, that's right. And that's what people don't understand. That's why when people get frustrated at some of the congressmen and senators out there saying, hey, they're not saying anything. They're not doing anything with this guy saying mm -hmm. because they are focusing on the agenda. Yeah. Pray for Ginsburg. <laughs> Pray. Yeah, Pray for RBG every night. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, man, you can check us out. We're on. Uh, go to Instagram first. We're working on the website about to relaunch uh, the website. So right now, everything is on Instagram. Uh, even when you listen, if you listen to the live stream, all that information is on Instagram. There is a button on IG and basically click and listen every Sunday. Uh, of course, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, SoundCloud, uh, Podbean. Tune in. Turn left. There, circle. Uh, hey, you, you still there? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Search GP3 Homies from the Block. Uh, you can give us a review on iTunes. Give us a five star. And also, uh, if you go to Patreon, uh, there's there's uh, a link um, for the uh, all the podcast platforms there as well. In addition to that, the new the uh, newsletter is out. Um, if you go to IG, you'll see a link uh, for the newsletter, and that link for the newsletter is also on Twitter. And it's on Patreon. And basically, it's just a recap of all our shows from January. All the links, all the information that we give on the show uh, is, is in the newsletter for January. So appreciate y'all listening. Thank you for the support. Continue to support us. We appreciate it. And um, man, it's uh, another uh, fun-filled week in, in, in the neighborhood. And uh, let's hope for better things next week, man. Um, so, you know. So it's not all bad. Um, you know, hopefully there's some light at the end of the tunnel. So, Rand, hey, man, appreciate you, dude. Thanks for doing your thing. And uh, we will talk to you next week. And with that, round 122 is in the can. And we out of here. Peace. Take care. You've been listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail, 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. Search GP3 Homies from the Block. Special thanks to music by Millennial Nick, rap, SB the G, graphics, Lady J. Thanks for listening.